Hello there and welcome to TWM, the weekly roundup programme of the Scottish Football Monitor, asking the questions the mainstream media will not ask, right here at sfm.scot. I'm John Cole and this week we'll be talking with David Lowe to discuss the ruling by the takeover panel that Dave King has been ordered to bid for all Rangers shares, the company shares that is, the thing the fans and lots of other people have invested in. I will be paying tribute to two legendary old firm players as well who passed away within days of each other recently, Roger Hind and Tommy Gemmell. Well, at the close of an eventful week in the SPL, Celtic maintained their unbeaten record against Rangers at Celtic Park with what for them was a very disappointing draw. Aberdeen, meanwhile, relentlessly pursued second place with a home win against Motherwell, won yet again due to their developing habit of scoring late goals, something... I'm sure that will please Don's fans and Derek McInnes alike. Hearts shrugged off their recent disappointing form with a comfortable and impressive 4-0 win at home against Hamilton Academical and St Johnson kept themselves in the mix at the top with a 2-0 win against Dundee in Perth. Kilmarnock also continued their recent improvement with an away win in Dingwall and in the clash of the Thistles, Partick and Inverness ended in a 1-1 draw. Celtic are now 25 points clear of Aberdeen, who are 8 ahead of Rangers in third. Hearts are 6 points behind the Ibrox Engineers and Saints a point further behind. Only 10 points between Partick and Inverness Thistles in 6th and 12th place respectively. And in the Championship, another maturing Hibs are now in 54 points from 27 played. Falkirk on 48 points after 28 matches, possible Dark Horses Morton on 45 from 26 games and the United on 44 points for also 26 games. There's now a 9 point gap to 5th place Queen of the South so the top 4 look to be already in place, one would imagine that Hibs are on course now to win the league outright. And that the other three, Dundee United, Morton and Falkirk, will contest the playoff places with whoever finishes bottom in the SPL. The big story of the football week, however, was or was set to be the ping-pong tale of Pedro Cachinha. Hopefully I've got that pronunciation correct. That's the new Rangers manager. He eventually arrived in Glasgow on Saturday and took a seat in the stand at Celtic Park as his new charges dug deep to steal a point from Celtic. His appointment doesn't appear to have attracted the same disapproval that Ian Cathro's did at Hearts, but we will watch with interest to see how the experiment at Ibrox pans out. Of course, just when the positive news of Kashenia's arrival and the Rangers' doughty draw was filling the Rangers fans with hope, the takeover panel appeared to have reigned in the parade with their finding that... Mr King has been acting in concert with Messrs Letham, Taylor and Park in the acquisition of shares in Rangers on the 31st of December 2014 and the 2nd of January 2015. And also that an obligation should be imposed on Mr King to make an offer in accordance with Rule 9 for all of the issued shares in Rangers not owned by him and Messrs Letham, Taylor and Park. The offer to be at the price of twenty pence per share. Well, obviously that's got uh, far-reaching consequences for Dave King and his buddies, but uh, one man who predicted this turn of events a while ago, and uh, an SFM podcast, I should say, has been saying for some time that the takeover panel would come to that conclusion is David Lowe. David, my understanding of this is that the takeover panel have first of all said that the the Dave King and three other guys or two other guys ha- are are being acting in concert. Uh, they have further said that Dave King is the ringleader 
and that consequently Dave King is instructed to make a bid for all of the shares that either he or these other guys don't own. Um, the, I suppose the first question that, that I've got to ask is, wh- why have they singled out Dave King? Because he, through the correspondence they have looked at, through the investigation that they have carried out, have concluded that you know he was the instigator, the organiser, the catalyst uh, for a coordinated purchase of shares at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, which resulted in uh, them having to, uh, or breaching takeover panel rules, or having to make an offer because they're over 29.9%. So that's what the takeover panel has opined. And he really now has to do as he's told or face some very draconian consequences. Well, first of all, what, what his reaction has been to say that, uh, that no, I don't agree with this. And, and does, can he appeal against it? Well, I think the appeal process has been exhausted. And that's why this announcement has only now come out you know, over... Is it over yet? Over two years, I've lost the timeline. Yeah. You know, since the, the shares were purchased, that procedure is over, and the takeover panel has opined that he now has to make an offer uh, for all of the share capital of Rangers International Football Club PLC. Now, I uh, this is from memory. I think there's roughly 82 million Rangers shares in issue. Uh, the price that the takeover panel has said they ha- he has to make an offer at is 20 pence. Uh, the first point to make is that it doesn't matter whether nobody accepts any such offer. He still has to make the offer and he still has to front up £16.5 million even if nobody's going to accept it, which I don't believe would be the case. What, does he have to put so it in escrow or something like that? until? Yeah, he's got to prove. Well, first of all, you need uh, professional advisors to help put together the offer document for you. Yeah. So the first thing he's got to do is to uh, find some professional advisors willing to put this offer document together, and those professional advisors will insist on seeing the colour of his money. There is no middle ground here. There is no grey area. This is not subject to interpretation. This is a matter of fact. So if there's going to be an offer... Uh, Mr. King has to front up with £16.5 million pounds or so uh, to proceed with that offer. The other crucial point I suppose I should make is that the takeover panel does not have any statutory powers. The takeover panel does not have any legal powers. It cannot compel Mr. King to make this offer. However, should he decline to make the offer, which he could do, for whatever reason, doesn't have the money uh, or just doesn't want to, uh, he will be what's called cold-shouldered, and that means he will be persona non grata, a pariah, if you like, uh, in financial circles in the UK, and financial advisors would be advised that uh, they are not allowed to have any dealings with him 
for a specified period. Uh, this is a sanction that has only happened a few times in the last 30 years. Ironically, one of the times it happened was with Dundee Football Club in the 1990s, when the then directors tried to uh, furtively uh, hide the fact that they were acting in concert. So it's not something any respectable person would do, i.e. not comply with the requirements of the take takeover panel. Well, well, That's here's, an important point to make. Well, well here, here's a question, but, but, because I suppose that to some extent Dave King maybe suffers a wee bit from uh, you know outside of the Rangers support that, that people tend not to think of him as being a, a sympathetic figure. But if you were one of these other people who was involved uh, in the in this concert party, and King is now being being asked to front up, as you say, maybe up, up to upwards of sixteen million quid. And he doesn't do it. Is there any sanction on these people uh, as a consequence of their association with him? Uh, well, it's a very lengthy judgment from the takeover panel, and I would have to read it uh, in some more detail to uh, comment on that. But what I would say is that uh, it is not a sensible thing to not follow through with what the takeover panel has instructed you to do. Yeah. Uh, that is a very bad thing if you go down that route. It's a bad thing for David King. It's a bad thing for the Rangers directors, the three other Bears, uh, the football club. It is bad if there is no offer. But but this is a chance now for King to say, look, you know, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for. Uh, I, you know, I, I want to have control of Rangers. I want to have people like Mike Ashley and the Easdales uh, eased out of the whole place. Because you would imagine that Mike Ashley and, uh, and the Easdales uh, would be happy to sell their shares if, if they're going to get 20 pence a share, given the fact that the shares are, are probably worth a lot less than that at the moment. Well, it depends who you believe. It's very difficult to ascertain how much Rangers shares really are worth because since they were taken off the alternative investment market, they have been no longer required to comply with AIM rules and put out financial information on a regular basis. So outsiders are really relying on you know, published information, the last published information being uh, the audited accounts to June 2016, and I think perhaps some unaudited interim figures. So it's a moot point how much uh, Rangers shares are worth. However, it doesn't really matter. The takeover panel have said that uh, he should make an offer of 20 pence a share. Mm -hmm. Now, that's either a very generous offer or uh, or uh, a very cheap offer. Only Dave King and the Rangers directors will know that. However, but we, we, the, just, the, the real moot point is what percentage of Rangers fans would accept 20 pence a share or Rangers shareholders, I beg your pardon, would, ex would accept 20 pence a share. Depends yeah. who you listen to. Rangers fans this evening are saying nobody would take it because the shares are worth a lot more than that. Uh -huh. And then some Celtic fans are saying, well, the shares are worthless, so 
it would be a stampede to accept it. You, you, you. The point is, you don't know what the answer is unless there's an offer. Now, what I would say is, I can't think of any reason why Dave King wouldn't want to make an offer. The stated business plan of the forebears has been to convert their soft loans into mm-hmm. shares in the club. Uh, they have not been able to do that thus far because they have been unable to uh, have the appropriate resolution accepted by 75% of the range of shareholders. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, if he makes a bid of 20 pence, I think it's uh, very likely that that offer would facilitate uh, and open up uh, the ability to convert the soft loans to equity. So I don't know why okay, well, he would not want to make a bid other than conclude that perhaps he doesn't have the money. Okay, so, so but, to, to, can I clarify? Cause so, so what you're saying is that by making a bid for the existing shares, uh, of, yes. you know, the, which are owned by the existing shareholders, that would effectively allow him to release the new equity as well. Uh, you know, simultaneously, if you like, uh, and uh, and convert all that that debt uh, to that new new equity that they could put on the table. Yes, you know, they have thus far been unable to command seventy five percent support for the resolution that enables them to convert oh, I see, right, soft right, loans right, to right. equity. Got you. Yeah. However, have they made an offer? Or they have to make an offer because they've been told to make an offer, or yeah. Dave King's been told to make an offer. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, hurdle is removed because there would be shareholders accepting the offer. So it is a bit of a contradiction as to why he does not want to make an offer which would facilitate the stated business plan of converting the debt into equity. And yet, but will he make an offer? Well, that's a good point. Why would he not make an offer? Obviously, he doesn't want to make an offer. The correspondence uh, with the takeover panel tells you that. The statement that uh, he put out today on the Rangers website tells you that. So his position is that he doesn't want to make an offer. That's that's what, what, he, what he said publicly. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm but it's, it's very strange, so you have to ask yourself why. Yeah, but I'm 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 kind of mystified here because the the statement that he put out, you know, seemed to me to to I would infer from that that he doesn't want to make an offer as well. But he, but he can't just leave it like that, can he? Well, there's consequences of not making the offer. I've already stated what those consequences are. Yeah, he will be cold. He will be cold shouldered. This is a very bad thing. If that happens to you, it happens very rarely. Because it's such a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you're associated with such a bad event, you know, that's not good either. Is there any, as you know, that the, 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 uh, there's, a, there's a lot of litigation in the pipeline uh, between uh, Rangers, or, I suppose Dave King uh, himself and Mike Ashley. There, there's a lot of this stuff coming down. Is there, is there any way that any of that, um, that, sort of hanging over the club like the sort of Damocles perhaps I don't know uh, has got any impact on how Dave King would, would would deal with this decision today it certainly has it makes Rangers International Football Club shares a lot less attractive if uh, the company is surrounded by all these uncertainties all these costs and all these potential negative outcomes mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's certainly not conducive to having to make an offer. 
It really is a serious dilemma for Mr King. Is there a time frame on the on the instruction from the takeover panel? Yes, it's that Easter has to make an offer immediately. Oh, in the next by the 12th of April I think the date is right okay so so all in all then how, how does this affect the club if, if, if Dave King I mean okay you know and I could be doing him a grave disservice here maybe he's, he's putting the offer documents together as we speak I don't know but if he decides he's not going to do that and to hell with the consequences he's in South Africa anyway what does it matter to him um, what, what what would the could the next steps be for, for the other people involved in the Rangers board well what you said there is quite correct. It may well be he is putting an, an offer document together, but I, I, I do think that's unlikely, although it is possible. Uh, it is far uh, less uncomfortable if you are in South Africa rather than South Lanarkshire <laughs> if you wish to uh, ignore what you've been told to do by the takeover panel. Mm-hmm. He could pack his bags and go and ignore what he's been told with less consequences than if he was a UK resident to living in the UK. So that is a possibility. Uh, we will find out very soon, uh, by the middle of April, uh, what's happening. But uh, the consequences of there being no offer has to be very bad for Rangers International Football Club. Right, so be, I don't think it can be can interpreted any other way. Uh, no, but 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 wouldn't it be worse for the individuals concerned rather than for the football club? And you know, in terms of the, it's the individuals who are seen to be acting as the concert party, the club themselves or Rangers International Football Club themselves aren't in breach of anybody's regulations. It's the individuals themselves, isn't it? Yes, but these individuals themselves are the directors of the football club uh, with the responsibility of running the football club and uh, that's not good either. There is no good interpretation to be put on this development. It's bad any which way you look at it. Okay, trying to pin you down here a wee bit David, Uh, if you were one of the three bears at the moment and uh, and that you saw what what could be perceived as a bit of intransigence on uh, Dave King's part uh, after this uh, the, this result or, or this judgment has been handed down. What what would your next move be? Well, I mean it's hy- hypothetical, but yes. uh, you would. I don't think it'd be unreasonable to imagine that uh, the other three bears uh, who have been deemed to be in concert with with, with Mr. King would be uh, asking him politely uh, what his intentions were in respect of making a bid mm-hmm. and uh, anything less than a, than a statement of intent to make uh, an offer would be treated badly I would assume Yeah but what, but what action could they take to, to extricate themselves from what, what appears to be a, a bit of a mess? Well, I think it's a very long statement from the takeover panel, and, uh, and I would have to sort of read it in, in, in detail again. Uh, but it's my understanding that uh, it's Dave King that's been asked to make the the offer, yeah. uh, and, and not the four of them. Uh, so, if that is the correct interpretation, then there there are no direct consequences on the other three bears, other than negativity by association. 
If Dave King was to say, okay, um, I, I don't want to uh, pay this, uh, front up this 16 million quid or whatever it happens to be, uh, or I don't have the 16 million pounds and I'm boxed in now, I'm going to resign. Um, would would that have the effect possibly uh, in, in those circumstances of A, m- making Rangers a wee bit more attractive again uh, because it would, it would remove the threat uh, of sanctions perhaps from the other three as well? Well, possibly it's all speculation. I, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, you know, how uh, Mr. King is going to uh, react, respond to this. I don't think anybody does, including his fellow directors uh, and concert party members. Uh, uh, would the situation at Rangers improve if, if he determined that the be- it was in the best interest of Rangers for him to resign? Uh, yes, it would. Because uh, it would, I think it would reduce the animos between the various different factions yeah. that have managed uh, or been associated with previous boards. I, I think uh, it's, it's not unreasonable to say that Dave King is is has become part of the problem mm. rather than part of the solution. Uh, this is not a good thing that's happened today, and I don't think any Rangers fan uh, that understood. Uh, of what's happened would conclude any differently. Who, who wins out of this other than maybe the, the, the other top half dozen clubs in Scotland? Well, I, I don't think there's any direct beneficiaries uh, of this. Uh, Mike Ashley? Just, well, yes, I'm sure he'll be having a chuckle. Uh, David Summers, the former chairman, uh, Mr King's statement said that he was responsible for the formal complaint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There'll be a few happy people, uh, I'm sure. But will but, there uh, be any opportunities for, for, for people? I mean, for instance, that, that, that for, for Mike Ashley to... Uh, because let's face it, he's, he's got the money that he could help to solve a lot of the, the Rangers' problems, doesn't he? Well, again, that's another point. You know, at the end of the day, what Rangers are missing is stability, unity and money. Uh, if they can find all three of these things from... Uh, the current situation, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be moving forward. But at the moment, they don't have unity, uh, they don't have money, and they don't have stability. And of course, and any until you have those three ingredients in place, it's going to be very difficult for them to uh, start moving forward. Yeah, and, 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 and Mr. Ashley does have money, everybody yeah. knows that. But of course, the, the, some of the money that, that, that Dave King and, and the Three Bears have earmarked for future investment into Rangers as well would, would obviously be eaten up by by well the, the any situation whereby they had to they, they had to make that offer and uh, and some a lot of people or a substantial amount of people took them up in the offer as well. So, so well, that's that's the problem. I mean, that's the complicating factor, and it's a perennial problem. It, it happened. Uh, you know, at Celtic, when I was working with, uh, you know, Fergus McCann in, in, in the 1990s, I mean, his position was, my money is going into the football club. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving the people that caused the problem any money, because any money I give them uh, means less money for the football club. Mm-hmm. So the principle was sound then, and it's sound now. And if Mr. King and his associates, you know, have £16 million pounds, to invest, yeah. they would rather invest that in the club for the betterment of the club than have to offer it to the other shareholders, which mm. just means money passing from one shareholder to another yeah. for nobody's benefit but the recipient of the 
of the monies. But if I had to place a bet, and this is, I suppose, the moot point here, if there is going to be an offer, and I don't think there will be, but if there is going to be one, the question is, would there be very minimal take-up or would there be very substantial take-up? Mm-hmm. I would suggest there would be a stampede to take 20 pence. Yeah, but but the, as you say that that's perhaps uh, you know you know there's something that's subjective at the moment. Uh, you know many people would say they were, they were worth more than twenty pence. The thing is, how does that justification come about? You know, like how much the shares are worth, given the fact that um, that, that there is no stock market listing and, and that, that there's no uh, price that that uh, anybody's aware of. Well, that's that's what makes it complicated. Uh, you know, there is no benchmark or no reliable benchmark to use. Uh, since they have been off aim, so do you just uh, divide the assets by eighty million and uh, and 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 come come to a well, you don't know it. because they, all the historic numbers are out of date. They yeah. don't have to publish uh, as much financial information as they did do when they were on aim. So, uh, if you're a shareholder or a prospective shareholder, uh, you're unsure of of the precise value, but. A company that's losing money, indeed a company that's never made any money, ever, mm. since it was incorporated in 2012, uh, which continues to require uh, loans to remain solvent, uh, which needs capex and which needs money for the pool, for its player pool, uh, is not the most attractive investment. Unless you're a big Rangers fan who wants to help Rangers. I mean, I, I don't really see too many parties wanting to invest in this company. Well, just finally, David, you know, two questions, I suppose. You know, the first one is, is this, are Rangers in a, in a worse state today than they were yesterday as a consequence of this? And secondly, how quickly are we going to begin to see the, the sure signs of whether Dave King is going to comply with this order or not? Well, I think he has until uh, you know the second week in April to yeah. to make this offer. Or but, but wouldn't there be manoeuvrings beforehand that would be that would be discernible to the trained eye? Yeah, there's always the spectre of another announcement. Yeah, uh, there's always the spectre of another leak. There's always the spectre of a placed story with a favourite journalist. Hmm. Uh, it's very difficult to know uh, what's going on at Rangers. I mean, this morning it was all about the new manager. You know, by this afternoon it was all about the takeover panel. Who who knows what tomorrow brings? Uh, but it's certainly. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you, you have to have some you have to have some sympathy for the fans. I mean, the the the, the team got a good result yesterday at Celtic Park. Uh, played very well, I thought, and, and probably deserved their point. And and at the same time, uh, they you know they brought in a new manager, so it's a fresh face, new start again, and, and everything seems uh, well, if if not exactly rosy. So, you know, things seem to be on the up and up, and then and then this bombshell. Yeah, it's sort of thrown a bit of a cloud, hasn't it, over a, on a very good result. The appointment of a new manager uh, and uh, a degree of optimism—it's—it's it's, uh, it's always uh, interesting <laughs> when it comes to uh, Rangers these days. But yeah, if you're a Rangers fan, 
and all you want is for your team or your club to do well. Uh, it's, it's it's a very difficult time, and um, who knows, you know, where this is all going to end up. Okay, David, we'll probably we'll uh, we'll we'll have you back if there are any more, if that's okay, if, if there are any more developments in this. But certainly, for, for sure, that uh, that that uh, King has to make a move before the deadline that's been that's been set. Uh, but uh, that if 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 we hear of any whisperings, or if you do, uh, I hope you let us know. Yep. Okay. Nice speaking to you. Thanks a lot, David. And now, just before we go. And just before we go, I want to mention the passing of two football legends, Roger Hind and Tommy Gemmell, both of whom I was fortunate enough and honoured to have known. I first met Roger Hind in a staff room at a school in Wisha, where we both taught. He was struggling, but he would deny it if he were here, with his daily addiction, which was the Herald Crossword. I came to spend many hours jointly solving the puzzles with Roger, and I grew to admire him for his inspirational leadership with the young people who were under his tutelage and the total zest and enthusiasm that he brought to everything that he did. Roger really did light a room uh, when he entered and indeed when I subsequently left teaching to work for Celtic in the media department, Roger would come and do interviews, attend events. He loved the Celtic Rangers banter that he was involved in. He was usually the Aunt Sally as well in those situations but he always gave as good as he got and and always uh, in good spirit and good grace. Roger once played a game uh, for Rangers at Parkhead against Celtic. Celtic uh, won the match, this was 1965, Celtic won 5-1. But Roger had broken his ankle in the first half. Uh, the trainer just told him he'd go back out and play in the second half and put a bandage on. Tough or what? Roger also scored the goal in the 1967 European Cup winners final. A goal that I think was a good one, and so did he of course. Uh, and one that would have given him a place uh, in Rangers history that he certainly deserved. I only met Tommy Gemmell half a dozen times. He was very much a force of nature, as larger than life as he would have been even if he hadn't scored that goal in the European Cup final in 1967. A supremely confident man, upbeat, and like Roger, an enthusiastic individual as well. Curiously, he was the Ducks at the school in Wisha where Roger Hine taught. The naughty side of Gemmell is as legendary as his goal-scoring exploits, of course, or, or even of his rivalry with the great wingers of the day like Willie Anderson and David Wilson. Helmut Haller and an Argentinian defender playing for a racing club in the World Club Cup final both had cause to seek immediate medical assistance after inviting Tam's disapproval. But his dignity through his long illness, his refusal to complain or feel sorry for himself, even whilst it robbed him of his strength and athleticism, speaks loud and clear his courage and his character. I was really proud to have known both Roger Hind and Tommy Gemmell. They were huge characters in my young football fan years. They really don't make them like that anymore. I know that's a cliche, but they really don't. The Hind family, the Gemmell family, and Wisher will mourn more than most, but we'll all miss them. But that's about it for this week. It now remains for me only to say... Thanks very much to the very prescient David Lowe for his contribution to this week's TWM and to you, of course, for being at one once again with TWM at sfm.scot. See you next time.